so the New York drama just keeps coming thick and fast. It, we, yeah, we've got a lot to catch up on. I don't know where to start. I mean, I, I assumed we were going to be talking uh, predominantly about Serena uh, to begin with. But then last night happened and Francis TFO with a, a huge win and uh, potentially now a new, a brand new world number one. And it was also very important for me to record this pod while I still had a title contender in the mix. Because <laughs> am I right in thinking yours are both gone? No, I've got Berrettini. I thought you had Medvedev. No, you picked Medvedev. I had Medvedev. <laughs> this is Can ridiculous. I? I had Keys and Berrettini. Ah. And, yeah. So, but so, you've got Goff because she beat Keys. So you knocked me out of that one. And um, and I'm still going in the men. And so you're still going in the women. I'm still going in the men. So we could get oh, a wow, double. We could okay. get a tennis double. We could. This this would be this would be very impressive. But yeah, it, drama. I mean, it doesn't. And then we had. Alcaraz Chilic finishing at nearly 2.30 in the morning. And we've spoken about this before. You're like, in what sport are people finishing at 2.30 in the morning? I mean, tennis. This, this is brutal. Yes, tennis. It's, it's brutal. And then they've got to sort themselves out. I know Grand Slams, you have that breathing space. But then you've got to go again. It's, I mean, doesn't it feel, though, like two separate tournaments? It feels like the tournament was Serena Williams in. And it felt like when she lost, we have another tournament. Yeah, but I... I, I know what you mean, but it, it's also been quite New York. It's quite US Open because a lot of US Open is about the show. It is slightly different to the other slams where, you know, people, if they've got an Ash ticket, they just go to Ash. They do not go around the grounds and, you know, they just sort of go food court and then they go into Ash. And they, they, it's just about that show. I mean, this was like the greatest show for the greatest player it was absolutely extraordinary. Um, glad that it did stretch out a little way. And um, yeah, so it, I, I understand what you mean. It has felt sort of like pre and after. <laughs> well, look, I mean, it's, it's, I have to remind people that Stefano Sitzbass lost because they're like, well, where did I didn't did that know happen? that. I just, exactly. I, knew, I knew he wasn't in the draw. I, don't, I could not tell you who he lost. He lost very early second round, first round. He did, first round. First round, He, yeah. he was, he, he was to Gallan. He was gone. And I remember, I think Serena Williams was playing at the same time. I think I was keeping an eye on Sitsipas. I remember I kept saying to my colleagues, Sitsipas has set down. Sitsipas has two sets down. Sitsipas has two sets and a breakdown. And they would look at me going... And I'm thinking, this is a man who could end this tournament as well. Now, what, I know he's no, never been to the also, second week of the US Open. I know, I know. He's not it, someone who could win, though. No, so. but come on. But it's huge, him going out to the World 94 as early as he did. That's still, yeah. at any other Grand Slam, that's a story. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't have been as hyped about Serena Williams as we were. I mean, you know, for the moment I got off the plane in my taxi, you know, oh, where are you from? Oh, you're from London, England. Where are you? Ah, uh, oh, Serena Williams. It was about Serena Williams. On the media bus, the guy was saying he was trying to sort his schedule out so he could watch Serena Williams' matches. You know, it was understandably what we were all talking about. It just made me chuckle. I was like, oh, so today we lost Simona Halep and Stefanos Tsitsipas. Everyone was like, did we? Because the, the focus, and again, rightly so, was on Serena. I think that's why it feels, I feel now that we're giving a lot more airtime to all the other stories which which we've had from day one here. I mean, it's and and we've said, haven't we? We're going to do it at some point when the dust settles. We will do a a pod about Serena. You know, we will do. Let's look back at everything. But in terms of her career coming to an end and how it came to an end, we were both in agreement. Most people were in agreement. She wasn't going to win the U.S. Open. So if she she surprised a lot of people, but if she had to go out, that was the perfect way for her to sign off. 
It was. And it was, I don't know, I, I was a bit torn during and after the match. I mean, it was obviously epic. But the fact that it did feel like she could have won, I know that the third set ran away, but it felt like a match that she could have won. She was really competitive. And, and I was thinking, oh, no, you know, she, she could have gone another round. But then actually, I think it's better that she goes out in a competitive match, really showing the best of Serena Williams and roaring and having the crowd behind her then. Because she she possibly could have got absolutely walloped by somebody like a Sviontek or, you know, another top tenor, um, especially from what we saw at Wimbledon. So I think that was probably the most fitting end. So I'm glad it ended like it did in a very competitive, very dramatic <laughs> match that it was. But what, I mean, you were, you were there, you were on Ash. What was the, what was the atmosphere like? Because it looked incredible. It, it just gave me chills. I know we can get caught up with things being there in the moment, but I don't think I've ever experienced an atmosphere like that. Definitely not at tennis. And from all the matches we've been lucky enough to, to watch and be present at over the years, nothing like that. You know, it was, it was the Ash Knight crowd. You know, it was the craziness, the electricity of, of the night. I think for the last point, everyone kept standing. No one sat down. It was, and it wasn't for the Osaka Serena final, Serena Williams final. It, it was, there was no, it was toxic. You know, it was a kind of nasty. This was, this was incredible. No, Tom Lianovic wasn't getting that much love. She didn't expect to get that much love, but they were appreciating what she was doing, but they were roaring for Serena Williams and just the level of play from Serena. Where did that come from? Because in Canada, Cincinnati did not see any of that. And suddenly she's at the US Open. You're thinking, my God, could she? Will she? I mean, it, it was a different level. Wow, Serena in New York. It is. It's a different Serena. Um, just... It, yeah, exceptional. She was able to lift it like the true champion she is, and it's really, it was really interesting. Actually, we were having like um, having a lot of conversations about the level and the status that you would put Serena in, in terms of just global superstars, athletes around the world, and in, in terms of who you would put in that category. And it is a very, very small club. I mean, you're talking about. Um, the the names that we were coming up with probably like Tiger Woods in terms of just global superstardom is that way global superstar that's the thing uh, like Tiger Woods um, <laughs> I think we threw out Muhammad Ali possibly Usain Bolt um, but it becomes really difficult to actually put other people on there you could maybe you know, argue for a couple of footballers as well but it's just a really interesting conversation to think that that level is a she's a woman and to to be from a tennis from a sport like tennis as well um which is not the biggest sport in the world it's not football it's it's not one of those and um to just be on just such a stratospheric level i mean everybody knows serena williams i i I used to do some work in um some inner city schools with some kids that just know nothing about sport nothing about anything and everybody knew serena williams Every single person, because um, the question was because I'd played Venus at, at, um, at Wimbledon, so I would say name a tennis player to see if they would come up with Venus. They never came up with Venus. It was always Serena, <laughs> and I was like, so everybody knew Serena, and then I would say Serena's sister, and maybe a couple of people would go, oh Venus. And these are people; these are not tennis people; these are not sporty people; these are, are kids in schools that you know just don't really. Um, pay attention to anything like that but 100% knew Serena in every single school that I went to um maybe 40% knew Andy Murray who's obviously British I was at schools in in Britain so um yeah the level is it's bonkers 
it's bonkers. And I think the show that we had, it did take away limelight from everybody else. But as you say, rightly so. And she's also known as Serena. I mean, how many people around the world just, you say one name and they know exactly who you're talking about. And I like your throwaway line. You could argue for a couple of footballers. Yeah, you could definitely argue for a <laughs> You could definitely argue for a couple of you footballers. You could argue that there will be some footballers in that yeah, level as well. Yeah, there might sorry, be a few sorry, footballers sorry. in there. Okay, so, and as I said, when everything settles, we're going to dedicate a whole pod to, to Serena Williams and what she's achieved and maybe what's next. But in terms of everything that's happened... Since then, things from the first, what's been the biggest surprise for you to this point? What's caught your attention? Well, difference between surprise and catching my attention, because I'm not surprised to see Nick Kyrgios doing as well as he is doing, because he's just tried properly for a year, which is just what everybody wanted. And by the sounds of it, I know that he can say stuff and obviously make different decisions. But I said this after Wimbledon. Uh, or before the final of Wimbledon, I was like, he'll see out the season and we won't see him again. I just don't, I don't see him going, uh, coming back uh, unless he doesn't win the US Open and he thinks I could win the Australian Open. I could win, I could win another slam then possibly. But I just think the effort that he's had to put in, it's, it's absolutely huge. It's incredibly admirable because this is a huge change in behavior, in in personality, in character, and like that is incredibly difficult to do. It doesn't matter how old you are, to really change who you fundamentally are, even if you're just keeping a lid on it for a certain amount of time. You know, he, he's sort of counting down, isn't he? Three more matches, and then I'm never going to play tennis again. <laughs> um, you know, however he's done it, I, I just think whatever you think of him, you cannot be anything but incredibly impressed that he has put in a full season, a full year. We've never seen that from him. And he is really busting himself. And, you know, he, he he is one of the most talented players we've seen over the past 10, 20 years, possibly longer. Um, and, uh, yeah, now everyone's going to be saying, oh, but if it was two years, <laughs> if you did a t- full two years, what could you get out? Because you see with players how they do improve year on year on year. We're not going to see that. But anyway, all, that's probably what has caught my attention the most. Am I surprised? No, not after we saw it Wimbledon. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's taken out the top seed. And uh, yeah, I mean, you're looking at that draw now. Who's going to win the thing? If he Here's plays, be up there. If he plays like he did against Medvedev, I don't see anyone beating him. I mean that level with yeah. his with his serve, I, I and mentally he he's come in line as well. Uh, he's always going to talk. He's always going to mutter. That is him, but he's mentally holding it together. He can see the finish line in sight, and as you say, that finish line could be the final finish line. He said after the Medvedev match on court, you know, I might just win this and then quit tennis. And everyone's like, oh my word, no! But uh, he doesn't want to win hundreds of Grand Slam titles. I think he just wants to prove the doubters wrong. You said I couldn't do it. There you go. I've won a Grand Slam title. Goodbye. It's not about the money. I think he got a taste for it winning doubles in Australia. Then he got to the final of Wimbledon. He's put in the hard work. And I think he just wants to say, see, I told you I could do it. Yeah, I mean, so I, I was commentating on Francis Tiafo, who, of course, is not Nick Kyrgios, but he has that sort of element in terms of people have just been waiting for him to really knuckle down. And he has been knuckling down over the last couple of years. Uh, I wasn't commentating on the Nadal match, but uh, it was the Schwarzman match. 
And and I was saying in in commentary that like, look, he always says that he likes to have fun, and we see him having fun on the court. But you know what's also fun is winning. So you know, once you get a taste for it, and you realise that a bit of hard work makes you win, you go, that is quite fun now. Now I'm seated <laughs> in stuff. He's just beaten Nadal. That was quite fun. I mean, <laughs> you know, well. it, it, you know, and I think Kyrgios maybe is getting a little bit of that. But your men's pick is out. So right. out of the lineup. Okay. <laughs> he's out, he's gone. And can I just say it, Naomi pointed her finger at me when she said that? <laughs> yes. Uh oh well, I'll get the same treatment in the women's jaw, especially seeing as your player beat mine, so I think that's fair enough. But um so would you would you pick Kyrgios? Is he your pick out of the you, you said if he plays like he did against Medvedev, no one can beat him. Now Obviously, with our pod, we don't do them daily. So when people listen to this, it'll be out of date. You know, I want Andre Rublev to win, and um, he's playing very well. <laughs> he's playing very well. Is I mean, no gonna... one's paying attention to him, but he's playing he... very well. That's a bit harsh. Is he going to win the U.S. Open? No, he's not. Um, I, when I look down there, the the challenger to Nick Kyrgios, I see is Carlos Alcaraz. I think he will. I think he will recover from his epic against so happy to see Marin Cilic playing like this again by the way yeah, nicest so man in the world and oh um but if Kyrgios plays okay Kyrgios if, if he plays at that level against Mervyn it was astonishing I mean that serve is ridiculous it's and I think the closer he gets as you say three more matches he's going to lock in even more I think that the tank is running low Three more, then he can go home. His parents aren't well. He wants to be back with them. He wants to be back in Australia. I, th- I think, I, gosh, I never thought I'd say this. I, I think Nick Kyrgios, for me, looking... We, we know we've got a, a new men's a Grand Slam singles champion. We could have a new number one. So if either Rude or Alcaraz just gets to the final, they will be number one. If they both get to the final, then whoever wins will be number one. So there's a there's a lot to play for in here, but... Yeah, I, th- I think I, I think I'll take Kyrgios. It is still completely bonkers that either one of those could be world number one, even <laughs> if they win the US Open. Absolutely ridiculous. <sighs> I would just say that Alcaraz is playing Sinner next in the quarters, and I don't have the numbers to hand, but his head-to-head against Sinner is not very good. And I remember commentating on it before, and uh, yeah, Sinner just had his number. It's a fourth meeting. 2-1 Sinner, and yet two meetings this year have gone the way of Sinner. But Sinner, I mean, Ivashka, five sets. I just, there's been a few things I've seen of Sinner's matches that have made me just, yeah. I, I Yeah, but I, so I, I was saying in the last pod, we're not talking about Sinner in terms of winning it because he has just started to plateau, which is absolutely fine. It's better yeah. than nosediving. He's just started <laughs> to plateau. He's just settling a little bit. But when I commentated on that match, what was the last match they played? Where was that? Have you got that in front of you? We don't know. I can find it. You keep talking, okay. and I'll find I'll it. I'll keep talking. <laughs> um, <laughs> the last match they played, I, uh, I was Umag. commentating on it. Umag. In Umag, that was hey. it. I was commentating six, on it. Six, seven, six, one, six, one in the final. Yes, and it just, I don't know, Sinner just looked really sort of like, I know how to do this type thing. I, I think even that first set that Alcaraz won, it felt like Sinner should have won that. Mm. Um, and anyway, and then it was fairly straightforward. And yeah, I just wonder, I, I just wonder, I think that'll be a really fascinating match to watch because, um, as I say, Alcaraz, whilst he's definitely doing the greater things and achieving more, I don't know. It's, in a, it's not a brilliant matchup for him. I think Rublev Tiafu's 
tricky as well. I mean, it's their third meeting. It's one apiece, Rublev won in Indian Wells. And Tiafo now has to back up the biggest win of his life, which is always tough because it's, it's what it takes out of you mentally as well as physically, especially when it's Nadal the other side of the net. So he's got to back that up. And, and Andre Rublev, Cameron Norrie, it was a very un-Norrie-like performance, but Rublev looked really locked in. There wasn't too much exploding. The serve looked phenomenal. So I, I think that one's... But can he hold... The funniest moment in the Norrie-Rublev um, match was when Cameron Norrie smashed his racket in the third set. We don't see that from Cameron Norrie. We spent the whole match going, he's really calm. You know, he's played Benoit Pair and he dealt with Benoit Pair. Um, he, you know, he just... <clears throat> He just deals with things. He doesn't get rattled. You know, he played Holger Runa. He dealt with that. So he went to smash his racket. Rublev had turned his back to him because he was heading to the back of the court. There's this crack of a racket and it frightened the life out of Rublev. He leapt in the air and he swung round as if someone had been shot because you don't expect it from Norrie. And the look on Rublev's face, I think it's partly why Cameron Norrie went on to break back because Rublev was still in shock at what Norrie had done. And Norrie actually said afterwards, he felt so much better doing that to change the energy, but he knows he can't smash a racket every single time he wants to change the energy. So maybe it's looking at ways to change things if he needs to that doesn't involve destroying a racket. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, historically, people have done that. I mean, Marat Safin, he smashed a racket every time he wants to change the energy. <laughs> every couple of games at one stage. Um, I mean, I don't think I remember a, racket, a, a match where he didn't smash up a racket. So, I, yeah, I mean, it can be done, Cam. If it's needed, it's needed. But, um, yeah, no, it, was a, it, it wasn't Norrie at his best, was it? But um, I think now... Go with me on this because it's tough. When you look at Rublev's face, this isn't necessarily what reads, but just from having watched him over the years, and you've obviously watched him closely as well, I think he's enjoying himself, which is very well, unusual. Well, that's, that's a big call, isn't it? Um, I don't. His face still looks pretty sulky. He looks <laughs> like say. he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders. I think he's. Yeah. He, he's spoken a lot about working on the mental side of things because he 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 has a lot of anger on court that he takes out on himself. It's never on his opponent, on the umpire, the crowd, and it, it's on himself. He beats himself up to the point where it's quite uncomfortable viewing. And I think he's worked on that a lot. I just don't know with Andre Rublev if there's that next level. Do you know what I mean? I don't know if there's that next gear to take him to the summit in terms of maybe even getting to a Grand Slam final. That's why I think that's so fascinating because Tiafo has to back up. And he's got a really good team around him. I remember Wayne Ferreira when he came on board with Tiafo saying that he sort of took Tiafo's phone off him because he would, uh, Francis Tiafo would lie on the massage table and be texting and looking through stuff. And Wayne Ferreira would be like, no, this is still work. This is not pleasure. So that there were a few things, but we've spoken about this a lot before. You have to be ready to make those changes. You have to be ready to listen and you have to be ready to make the sacrifices. And as Tiafo said, there was all this talk about him. Once his ranking fell and the pressure was off, he was able to grow and develop and kind of make those decisions for himself. So um, if, if Rublev truly is enjoying himself, a little bit more. He's been to see Harry Styles twice because we know he's a big Oh, music. there we go. He's letting loose. Yeah, on his own. He went on his own to see Harry Styles twice. Um, he Did he get good seats? Because remember he was saying that he went to a basketball game and they put him in the gods and everybody else is like getting court side for everything. And he's like, oh, I asked the tournament for a basketball game and they, they gave me the, the cheap seats. It, he had good seats. He didn't meet Harry Styles, but he had good seats. And he said he just went on his own 
and he just went to kind of relax and, and switch off. We know he loves his music. So I think I think that one, I, I actually can't, that's not an, as I say, when people listen to this, there'll be a result, but I find that one tricky to call. I think Sina Alcaraz, I find that one tricky to call despite the recent results. Berrettini Rude, how are you feeling about that one? That's a, God, that's a sixth meeting between these two with Rude edging it 3-2. Yeah, it's it's going to be a quality match, actually. I think that one is going to be a, a lot of fun. Um, I've picked Berrettini to win the title. I will pick Berrettini to win the title. He will <laughs> win that match. Um, so I'm going to have to stick with him. It's very unusual that I still have somebody in at the quarterfinal stage. <laughs> so, <laughs> so very happy. I picked him for Wimbledon. He didn't even play. <laughs> uh, so we're, we're, we're going well, Matteo. Um, but yes, I um, we did a, a, a good section on Berrettini um, a couple of pods ago. Now, was it two, two pods ago? Yeah, two like pods that? ago. Um, and yeah, just talking about whether he's um, he's missed his time. And I... I don't believe so because he is just truly a quality, quality player of of the very highest quality. I think that, um, yeah, I, I just think that's who he is. It's just a case of him being fit and healthy. I don't think he needs momentum. I don't think he needs anything else. He doesn't need things to fall into place. He can just, he can just do it. Yeah, no, I I agree. Despite me saying I wasn't sure if he would win a Grand Slam title, I I agree with all of the above. Um, so I've switched to Kyrgios to come through if he can keep that level. If there's always an, picked there's always an if, isn't there? To win the US Open. You know, two two lots of things I thought I'd never say in my life. A, I picked Nick Kyrgios to win a Grand Slam title. And B, I went to a Harry Styles concert. Two sentences. <laughs> oh, you went with Rublev. Um, I didn't. <laughs> oh, no. It was, it was the night after I arrived. I was thoroughly jet lagged. And uh, a good friend of mine sent me a message saying, hey, where are you? And I was like, I just got back to my room. It was about six o'clock in the evening. Very, you know, eyes were closing. Just going to crawl into bed. And she said, be ready in an hour in the lobby. We're going to Madison Square Garden to see Harry Styles. And I immediately wrote back, I don't know any of his songs. I could be his grandmother. I was like, I don't know any of his songs. But I really wanted to go to Madison Square Garden because I've never been. So she said, Carmen, it'll be great. I've never seen so many women in one place. For a start, <laughs> never seen so many. I've never seen so many feather boas in one place, right, and yeah. the screaming he does like a feather boa was at a level of concert was great. Sportac wasn't very good. Concert was amazing, absolutely packed. We had a woman. This woman walked past us in our seats. We had second row seats, second amazing. This woman walked past, and I said to my friend, "You I get s- better seats than Rublev." <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. Actually, the treatment of this guy. Actually, quite possibly. Just, this, this woman walked past, and I said to my friend, "Why is she dressed as a slice of pizza?" And she looked at me. She said, "Gigi, she is a watermelon." And I said, okay, but that's as weird as being a slice of pizza. She said, have you not heard of the song? I was like, what song? She said, there's a song called Watermelon and Something, right? <laughs> and yeah. this, which I'd never heard of. I was very honest about not knowing but the no, songs. Wait, once you heard it, did you not go, oh, yeah, I have heard that before? Yeah, like yeah. You heard but, but I wouldn't you were have like, known, oh, it vaguely rings a bell. It vaguely you, rings a bell, but I wouldn't you, have known. You, you're not at the level of coming dressed as a watermelon. Or knowing the title of it. And <laughs> I thought she looked like a slice of pizza. And she was dressed... She was dressed as a slice of watermelon. I was like, and then I had a woman to my left called Joy. Joy was probably in her 60s on her own. She said her boyfriend had dropped her off. Um, She could have given the ticket to his daughter, but she didn't. I thought it was a bit harsh. And she was taking all these photos of people for Instagram, you know, with, with, with the stage behind them. And I said, you're doing a very good job of taking photos. And she turned to me and she said, if you get in my way, when Harry comes out, I'll kill you. 
And I was like, <laughs> I said, oh, e excellent, right, um, okay. And so I pointed to my friend and I went, no, 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 she's the big fan, not me. So my friend's like digging me in the ribs going, stop talking to strangers. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, but this woman had two sides to her. She was all smiley, but she was like, if you like walk in front of me or get in my way when he appears, I'll kill you. I was like, I actually think she means it. Like genuinely. Uh, I think, I think she does. Big, they're no joke. <laughs> They're, they're not joke. there for a good time. No, they, they are there. Wow. I mean, <laughs> they've got they've got shit to do. <laughs> I mean, I was like, I was like, you are an adult. You are a grown woman. I was like, looking. I I was actually trying not to laugh, but I thought that might not go down too well. So I was like, okay, yeah, no, I'm I'm just gonna sit here with like a a watermelon to one side and a kind of yeah. psychopath to my other side. And me I and mean, that honestly my, sounds bang on. My friend, my friend <laughs> and I just sitting there going, we just we're just gonna enjoy this. But no, I I appreciate her taking me. It was it was an amazing concert, dancing to songs I'd never heard of, some I vaguely knew. But yeah, no, that was my other sentence. I never thought I'd, I felt, I feel like it was yeah. my midlife crisis. I feel like I've had my midlife crisis. Some people, I don't, I don't know what people do with midlife crises, but I feel like that was mine. I've done it. Yeah. I'm over it. I've moved on. <laughs> well, that's nice though. That's nice. And before we move on to the women's yes. draw, we just, let's better treatment for Andre Rublev, please. Come on, let's yeah. give him some decent tickets to things. Backstage, meet and yeah. greet. I mean, this guy... Is, he's oh, a, if he's in the final, I want Harry Styles in his box. He's a lovely man, Andre Rublev. If anyone watches him and they think he can't be, because he looks like a serial killer, he's he's such a lovely, gentle soul. So more support for Andre Rublev, who by the time people listen to this might be out. <laughs> so just support him at his next tournament. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The women, right. Um, how are we feeling about... Uh, uh, you know, I look down as things stand, and this is the morning of the first of the quarterfinals. I look down and I think... So we've got what well, we've got one, as we speak, we've got one Grand Slam champion in there, in Svantec. We've got a handful of finalists, Pliskova, Goff and Jabot have been to finals before. Any one of those eight, for me, can win this title. Yes, as it so often is the way. Um, yeah. But like strongly, like strongly. Any one I, of those I, eight, Pliskova, really? really? Yes, yes, mm, yes. Not sure about that. Um, mm. I think everybody else, yeah, Pagula, possibly. They're possibly the the weaker ones. I, do you know what I was gonna? I was all ready to be like Danielle Collins, but she lost. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. My do Danielle Collins spiel will have to w wait for another time. There'll be another. I, I will miss. I will miss the Danielle Collins box boyfriend and coach. I mean, boy, are they they are pumped up. They have their instructions and they follow them to the T. I mean, they are they are loud and they are roaring. But uh, yes. They shall be roaring no more. Yeah, I think um, out of the quarterfinals, the, the the two best ones to watch will be Goff Garcia. I think that could be a lot of fun. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I yeah. can't see... Uh, can I see... I could see Goff losing it, but I just don't think she will. I think she's moving too well that she can take away Garcia's sort of... Um, 
one of her big weapons, which is taking time away, you know, really putting that pressure on. I think I think Goff can deal with that. Uh, and then also... She's never beaten. She's never beaten Garcia. That's the interesting thing. She never beaten Garcia. She lost to Garcia this year. And the people I've spoken to have actually got Garcia favourite going into that one. Well, yes, and I understand what you're saying. But also, uh, for the most part of Goff's career, pretty much up until now, she has been a child. So it's <laughs> her she, head to head, she's still a child. Her head to are not great she's about against a lot of people. Still a child. She's eighteen. She was seven years old when she was playing at Wimbledon for the first time. <laughs> so uh, I see what I see what you say. Um, I, I I really really want to win that. Uh, want to win? I want to win the match. Uh, I really want to watch that match. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Really great yeah, tennis. I mean, Goff is playing yeah. off the scale. I think it is a fabulous pick from Gigi Salmon. I think you've done incredibly well there. Um, Thanks very much. Yeah, so I think that's probably the court, the standout quarterfinal, which I can't wait for. Sean yep. and Pagula could be great as well. Uh, always nice to see Pagula doing well, especially, you know, she's... Um, I'm going to say local. I mean, Buffalo, it's not exactly a stone's throw away, but it's it, on, relative to the US, it's very close. Yeah, and I, I spoke to her. Yes, it's the first time I've spoken to her. Uh, what lovely lady she is. Had a chat with her about everything, and she said, you know, she, she thought back to when she first came here to Flushing Meadows, sorry, as a child to have a look around. And now she's coming back as the American number one. And I was kind of asking, what's that feeling like? What's that pressure like? She said, she seems to be very rich. She said, I'm very relaxed. I'm very, I'm very chilled out. Um, and I asked her about her, she has to be one of the most consistent players around at the moment. And I said, what do you put that down to? And she said, you know, people ask me if I could bottle it. I drink it every day. She said, I just I respect all my opponents. I treat them all equally. I just have a very level-headed approach to everything. But, yeah, that's a big thing. She's suddenly top 10 player. She's American number one. There's now people saying, okay, when are you going to win a, a Grand Slam? And and also someone asked her if it was different playing in America because her family are very wealthy. They own, is it American football franchise? Buffalo Bills. They own hockey as well. well there's hockey and a hockey franchise as well. They're and billionaires. They're billionaires. But then when you come to Europe, none of that's known. She's just Jessica Pagula, the the player. So someone asked if it's kind of different because people know the story in the family. Um, I thought that was quite interesting. And she said it is. But again, she just seems really chilled out. She said she's been watching like Netflix with her husband and just relaxing, enjoying herself. And and she's 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 really, really consistent. They've um, there's going to be a fourth meeting between the two. Pliska for Sabalenka. Well, we know what we're getting there. Um, I've I've got a soft spot for Sabalenka. I, I I I always have since I first saw her in when it was Fed Cup years ago. I just I just have a soft spot for her. And no, I, mine's mine's dried up because she beat Daniel Collins. So <laughs> sorry. Okay, so That's no soft. And Anjuba <laughs> Isla Tomljanovic. How are you seeing that one? I know again when people listen to this, it'll be finished. But just interesting, just your views on those two players. Yeah, I think um, I mean it's been great to see Tom Janovic doing really well. She's she's always somebody. She's not seeded in this tournament, and she's always one of that small bunch of maybe five, ten players who are unseeded that you just don't want to play against. Um, you know, she has a, a a really great level, and she can go on really good runs. It just doesn't quite have the consistency. She can some, sometimes I watch her play, and she looks quite. Um, just quite light, quite lightweight. And then other times I'm like, she's absolutely blasting the ball. Um, so yeah, really nice to see her doing, doing so well. And of course, you know, dealt with the Serena situation, um, as perfectly Amazingly. as anyone possibly could. So like credit to her. Um, and for Ons, yeah, just phenomenal. She's just phenomenal. Isn't she just the consistency she's producing lots of pressure, 
um, you know, maybe it wasn't Wimbledon that was the slam that she was going to win. Maybe it, it's going to be US Open. I mean, she absolutely could win this whole thing. It's, uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, yeah, great to see uh, both of them doing so well. They've they've changed things this year with the player gifts. You know, in previous times they've had like gifting suites, or they get a big oh, bag, yeah. big bag of goodies. This year it's a different gift every day. So oh. you go so you to get the, to go to gift suite every day. No, there's no gift suite. You go to the player lounge, and it's it's the gift of the day. And they the first gift on the first day was a Tiffany bracelet, necklace, or credit card holder. Oh, I mean, poor Emma Raducanu. She's like, Gee, I've, I'm, I've got Tiffany coming out of my ears. She's, she doesn't need that. Well, actually, Naomi Brody found Tiffany bracelet in a car, so maybe that was Raducanu's. She just it could, she, it could well she, be. She was like, but it's got to be annoying, isn't it? Don't give me Tiffany stuff. I've got it all. Yeah, I don't need one of it. But the next day, it was a bag of sun cream goodies. Very important. We should say in this yeah. weather. It was hot, very, very hot the first few days, very wasn't hot. it? it was yeah, it's very, very wet today. Um, the next day it was a baseball cap. Oh, okay. So they started really high. And <laughs> and the next day it was slipping. a bucket hat. This is a disaster. And then bring the back next the old day. What? <laughs> the next day, and I think we stopped asking after this because we were just a bit demoralised. The next day... For our American listeners, it was a fanny pack. Oh, excellent. Bum bag. And bum bag. And I just thought... Well, hang on so a minute. The thing is, it's like, with a Tiffany bracelet, if you're not Emma... Yeah. Or bracelet or something else, I, I'm assuming the men didn't Necklace, get a bracelet. Necklace, bracelet, or credit card. A on credit it. card. On it. Right, okay. Yeah. But if you're, Emma Rad- if you're not Emma Raducanu, that's a lovely gift to receive. And, you know... Oh, amazing. For those amazing. who have their own jewellery sponsors or who don't want it, they can give it to a family member or friend or whatever. And that's absolutely fine. Uh, but there's only a very, very few amount of people who have jewellery sponsorship or wouldn't want the Tiffany bracelet <laughs> slash necklace. When it comes to yeah. a baseball cap, everyone mm. everyone in qualifying gets free baseball caps from their sponsors all through the year. It's like, it's just not needed. As in, no, no. As in not one person will go, oh, <laughs> not one <laughs> in the entire draw <laughs> will be interested in that. There are, I mean, I, I like it. Do you like a freebie? I like a freebie. So when I come in well, in the yeah, morning. Yeah, but we, we're, not, we're not professional tennis players. No, but like a baseball cap, we could go out and buy. But if I was offered one, would you take a baseball cap? Well, yeah. It's a freebie, it. isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, take I'm, it. I take anything that's offered when I walk through the gates. I mean, I think a couple of days ago it was sun cream. It was very nice sun cream. Uh, whatever's handed out, I just sort of automatically take it. I think, oh, who can I give that gift to? That might be a nice gift. There and there go. was a gift that was going around when Serena was in. You know the S for her logo? Yeah. Sort of a, there was a gold pin, which was the S in a nice, nice. little case. And there was a very emotional moment on Five Live when Kim Kleisters had one and Naomi Brody was getting very emotional because she still hadn't processed the fact that this was Serena Williams' final tournament. And I was like, Naomi, you've got to accept it. Um, and so Kim Kleisters handed over the brooch to Naomi saying, I think, I think you should have this. Oh, that's really nice. It was a very nice moment. So she yeah. handed it over. So, yeah, that's just a little bit on the, on, the, on the gifting is a little bit different. And there was some breaking news the other night. They run out of souvenir cups for the signature US Open cocktail. Saw that. I saw they re- that. So they reduced it from a, a, a reasonable $22 to $20. But aren't those cups recyclable? Aren't they being recy- like, aren't they just using them again? Well, no, because they're souvenir cups, so you take them oh, home. Oh, right. Because it's got... You pay got, for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Hang on, on if you're paying $22 <laughs> for a cocktail, you are keeping the cup. 
is the way I'm looking at that. And it, I, I live in London. That's that's normal. And it's, <laughs> you know what, frighteningly, I have to say, look, I know prices are going up everywhere, but I haven't been to New York since 2019. Wow. <laughs> I went to buy a bagel. I was like, oh, okay. That's, well, the exchange rate's ooh, also not helping, ew, to be fair. It's not helping, honestly. <laughs> to be fair. Um, so we get some money on our accreditation. And, and Laura Robson's been helping me out by buying me some lunch because she has some money as well. So, yeah, that's uh, that's one thing that's kind of struck. But, you know, it, it's great to be here. It's the business end of things. And we've still got someone in the competition. Yes. You've got Goff. I've got Berrettini. Yeah, yeah. So which one of us is going to be celebrating next week? Both of us. We can do the double. You think we're going to... No, Kyrgios is going to so win. We've been so bad. Oh, we've been so bad. We've been so bad. <laughs> that we've this would a- be amazing if we could do a double. I hope people never listen to our predictions because we are so, so bad. Yeah. But, okay, so Kyrgios and Berrettini. Oh, so who are you going in the women's? So I need to pick someone, do I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. You, I mean, you can have Goff as well, but... I do sort of fancy Goff. Yeah. Um, I think it would just be really cool if Garcia won the whole thing. I just think it'd be great. I mean, I've I've got a, I've. I, do you know what? This is much harder than the men for me. I don't think there are any real standouts. I, I think for me, Goff, the way she's playing is just brilliant. Yeah, Goff. Yeah, but should I pick someone different to you? No, let's go with Goff. Goff. Okay, so we're different in the men's. We're the same on the women's. We will. Anything you want me to bring you back? Uh, well, I, I don't want. I don't want you to spend all your money. <laughs> it's quite expensive. <laughs> so something cheap. You want Anything me to bring you back? Free, I'll take a baseball cap. Fine. I will find you a baseball cap, and uh, I will speak again soon. Yes. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.